All right, guys. Uh, welcome to the Robert Show, and we have our most awaited guest, uh, Shri Watson. And uh, I've been waiting for him since a while now, but uh, definitely now here he is before the holidays kick in, and um, uh, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, about his uh, AI engineering uh, YouTube channel, about uh, his data science career, about his journey, and I would urge everyone to ask him as many questions as possible. Whatever you have in terms of data science, AI. Go ahead and ask him. He's there. Before just getting him on board, I would actually wanted to. I I wanted everyone to know about a book data party that is happening on the twenty second. I can actually share the screen and let you all know about it. So here we go. So this is happening on the twenty second. It's hosted by me and Kate. We have Bill, John Thompson, Joshua Milligan, uh, the authors uh, who would be actually talking on various topics. So you can sign up here, and uh, we will also be uh, giving many books here. Uh, we'll be actually doing a raffle where uh, we'll be having a you know a signed copy given away by the author. For to one person and four e-copies would be going out, so do not forget to register this. And uh, yeah, so that's that's more or less. But uh, that's about it. Uh, now, for the most awaited guest, uh, here we go. Hey, Shivatsen, thank you very much, and honored to have you on the show. It's such a pleasure to see you here. Uh, thank you, Ravi. Thank you for having me, and it's privileged to be here. And good morning and good evening to everyone, uh, depending on where you are joining this session from, joining joining this webinar from, or whatever it is, right? Show from. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Uh, Shivatsen, uh, just to you know, let you know, um, you know, our audience is curious to know about yourself. Can you just give us a bit of introduction about uh, where you come from? What what do you do and uh, uh, how AI engineering, maybe just in a small gist, then maybe I can jump into more questions for you. Sure. So I yeah. work as a chief data scientist with Cognizant. Uh, said that like most of the people know me from LinkedIn and uh, my YouTube channel, AI Engineering. So I have been on the data side, right? When I say data side, there is a data, data science to it. I have been on the data side for quite long in my journey. I think like except for the first few years, I've been continuously on the data side, building ETL, data engineering, moved on to data science and um, the machine learning and artificial intelligence. I have been kind of opping uh, quite frequently in my career. Uh, and AI engineering actually came out of uh, a need where uh, what I was seeing is there are plenty of good courses, there are plenty of good institutes over there. Uh, but one thing that was lacking is how we can bridge uh, the gap between the academia and the industry, right? Uh, the academia is focused on a particular aspect of machine learning algorithms and other aspects. But when you want to integrate your uh, learnings into industry, uh, how you can do that? And that's where uh, the idea of AI engineering came into play. Amazing. I think that's uh, what I was actually wanting to know. But that. Uh, so how long is it been now that you've started with uh, your AI engineering YouTube channel? It's a year and two months. It's not that long. It's close to a year. Um, actively, you see, like I started it around uh, October last year, but I did not put any content except for one video till December. And basically, December is when I got the time, and that's when it's 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 a year now that AI engineering is up and running. 
amazing i think still you have close to i guess 33k followers and you've done that uh, you know justice to the data science field that they uh, seriously you know, being from a non technical uh, you know background i watch your shows i watch your videos i really i love it because uh, uh, it has that crux you focus on you know one certain thing and you'll explore it so well for the audience i'm sure the people who are having that technical background love it as well so we have a few people joining in we have uh, aditi says hi hi aditi um, hi aditi we have robin report from baltimore hey robin how are you so everyone you can let us know where you're joining from and uh, feel free to ask any questions you have for shivatsin um you know she uh, what i was wondering was uh, also you know this is like a generic question where uh, everyone around uh, the you know the data science industry has and i would actually i ask this to all my uh, guests but uh, how would you actually you know suggest someone who's uh, wanting to enter the data science industry what should be the process how what what is your first view to someone who want to actually join the data science industry yeah, sure so so basically when i see like someone joining into the data science field there are multiple personas like one coming from the right education they have been in the data science or data related or mathematics related uh, world and they are entering into the industry the other is they are completely from the non uh, computer science background so one thing i would say is uh, the more and more we get into this industry you will get populated with lot of research and 90 to 90% of the research does not make into real world you will see lot of research papers if you start observing yeah. all the learning the cutting edge technologies then you may never get to your learning process whatever works in 80% of the industry today It's still the algorithms and the process that was created 40, 50 years back. Still, logistic regression or linear regression or decision trees or even neural network. Neural network is not something that came uh, quite recently, right? It has been there out there. Mm. So, yeah. your learning has still to be focused towards what is out there, and as you are learning, maybe get to know like what is the state of the heart model uh, in that particular domain that you are interested in and work towards that. your foundations cannot change there is one challenge that may come and you may not be good at mathematics and i know like many people will hate me for saying this uh just get to know the right amount of mathematics required for you to learn that particular job you may you cannot master everything if you are not from that background if you are from that background well and good right not but you can work backward what i would say is get the math that is required and Uh, Andrew and Andrew and G or Andrew Hing, however, like you pronounce it, uh, videos are pretty good starter. It has the right amount of math. It has the right amount of technical implementation expertise. Right? You start working on it and work reverse to learn the missing part of the mathematics. So what you need to know, you need to know the right amount of linear algebra. You need to know the right amount of statistics, right? And some amount of uh, calculus, right? Because calculus is typically most of the framework. i exit from you if you are running a back propagation when you algorithm yeah. i'm not telling not to learn math here but have the right amount of knowledge but don't uh, sometimes like we lose our focus with too much to learn so get into exactly. get into the practical side of it and then go backward and learn the remaining stuff 
Oh yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense where you are talking about the reverse engineering and finding that gap of mathematics, which would actually be very much helpful and which would actually get them close to something what they are trying to achieve. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We have a few more folks joining in. We have Kevin who's joining from Chicago. Uh, we have uh, Brandon Harrell from Philly. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning, everyone. So Kostub is here. Rohit is here from Ireland. So Joyce is here from India. Anisha Jain is here. Hello. Yeah. So everyone's here. Everyone's ready to listen to you. We've it has been kind of such a huge weight for me as well because uh, you are you are that person who we look at and we uh, want to ask so many questions. And obviously you answer most of them through your AI engineering channel. But uh, here we are, and I hope everyone are ready with their questions, asking about whatever big or small. Just go for it, guys. Ask whatever you have. Uh, okay, we already have one question from Kostub. Um, how do you dissect a given data set? Set data, what is your first step one, step two, and so on? Yeah, so so now, now there are two things, right? When you talk about data set, one is you know you are a business background, right? You basically are working in industry, you know the business background and the business process that, that the data is generated, right? From the data is generated from. Now, the first thing I will try to do is understand how the data is generated. What are the different systems that are contributing to the data? A typical example is when you are going for a customer churn model, right? Yeah. You may have data that is coming in from uh, multiple channels. It can be a chat channel. It can be an online channel. It can be a call center who is answering to the customer. Now, your data may come from different channels. Right, and different channel might have different journey that the customer has gone through. So one thing I would say, the best thing to start with is understand the background and understand the domain, how the data is generated, and also work closely with your business to understand what does he think about the process that you are going to generate insight on. The reason is like, if you, if you really see, uh, uh, there are, there are two worlds, right? There's a data-driven business, there's an opinion-driven business. Now, when you talk about data-driven business, the, first, let's talk about opinion-driven business. There have been a lot of small businesses that runs on opinion. And that's pretty valid because they know how their business works. If you see in India, there are a lot of Kirana store where they exactly know when to source the dal and when the prices will go high and when to keep it and stock it. And these are all coming from experience. And that's where your business comes in. Maybe they are not got complete hands-on to the data, but they have insight on the business. Now, if you take, if you combine those business uh, business knowledge to your uh, data, that's where you are really going to get a, a good insights over there. Now, your business might have some bias, and that's where you are going to go and prove your hypothesis whether that's true or not. You really get into a question on correlation or correlation versus causation or whatever it is, right? Now, that is the first step. The second step is get and spend more time on data analysis and data cleaning. The reason is even if you have a kind of uh, 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 a beautiful charts defined and the data is bad, still it is bad data. Your beautiful chart does not make it a good data. So spend more time on uh, data analysis, data visualization. I kind of run multiple statistical tests, multiple visualization plots and everything to see how the data looks like and how does it correspond to the objective that I am trying to generate. Many times 
you may have you may do you may not have to go to the next step at all sometimes your data is very simple enough to interpret in an uh, interpret in an uh, in the data analysis cycle itself you can tell okay the churn is caused because of xyz factor and then you can see what additional insights you can derive maybe it's a long answer but that's what i would go about <laughs> no but i think that was a real life example which you've just thrown away and i think costu might have just loved it because i could get a few of it and that's how you make it simple for us when you're talking on youtube as well so uh, talking of youtube uh, we have a question from tushar gupta he says with your channel ai engineering what is the major pain point you hear from the your audience interesting mm -hmm. question so the major pain point if you really see is uh, it comes with my voice and pronunciation because uh, that that's what it is right i can yeah, exactly. uh, that's what i have been so that is that is one the second thing is uh, i think like when when you are learning in the learning process right uh, uh, see sometimes like um, most of the time they come with a problem that i have a similar issue in my project right uh how i can solve it and typically i kind of might not have all the time to explain and go into the project i want to keep it as much as generic because once i start giving that one on one attention it's my time as well and maybe i'm not going doing justice maybe i'm answering one of them i try to as much possible answer it uh the second thing is like what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to connect industry to it so i get lot of questions on uh how to get into industry and all which i have written separate blogs that everybody can uh, read so that's what i see mostly here on my ai engineering channel amazing very interesting answer there and yeah definitely it makes a lot of sense because you have that limited space and you just uh do as much as possible but uh, can't cover everything and makes sense right. to me so um we have another question from ayush um hi shivatsin how do you approach real world problems to break them into data science problems as you would know not every problem is a classification regression problem any reference playlist okay so how will you approach a real world problem and break it into a data science problem now now if you if you really see right uh, one thing is uh, data science is not about a classification or regression or even machine learning right now even a simple visualization is is for me a data science now how you get to the insight the insights can be anything you have your data right that's the main cycle that's why your data engineering and everything comes into play then you have your insight cycle the insight can be from data analysis or it can be from machine learning or it can be from even the data visualization right mm -hmm. now many people like equate data science equal to machine learning that is completely wrong and that's why the problem is in today's world we approach a problem as a machine learning problem not as a data problem or a business problem we should we should start taking any problem as uh, the underlying business problem and a data problem right now when once you go into that insight cycle you can decide based on the need sometimes your data is uh, pretty large and it is pretty non linear right when i say non linear you are not able to derive conclusive insights out of your data on how the outcome should be and that's when you decide whether you want to go with typical visualization reports or you want to go with typical data mining uh, or data analysis cycle where you want to generate your insights or you want to go to machine learning because you have a problem that these cannot solve and you need some complex interpretation of the output right and once you have the insight how do you action it it's still today in today's world kpis and everything still work uh, not it's not only machine learning 
So I would like first see what is my data problem, what are the data set, whether I'm going to get any insights from my earlier cycles. If not, I will go into the uh, more like machine learning, whether it's a classification or regression. If I don't have any trusted labels, I may even go for unsupervised learning and see if I can categorize it. That will be my first step. And then maybe I will iterate further to generate more labels out of it. Any reference playlist, I kind of, uh, uh, in this process, right, I have something called ML engineering, where maybe I'm more focused towards uh, uh, machine learning on that. Uh, but the idea is if you remove that machine learning part, if you talk about till the data analysis cycle, uh, it's, it's, it's purely on how to uh, collect your data, how to organize your data, how to uh, analyze on your data. It's in my channel. You can go and check for end-to-end -end ML engineering where I explain the entire process. Amazing. That I am sure uh, I used like that answer because we have a circle back from Costo when he says a simple but impactful answer. So yeah, definitely uh, loving those answers, Shivaks. Uh, to just go on a little, uh, we have Satish here and he is also asking something around your YouTube channel. Please give us a glance about your YouTube playlist videos about AI, ML, DL, NLP, CV deployment uh, simply from step one to step in. Sure. So, so if you go to my YouTube channel, AI Engineering, and if you click on playlist, right, you will find a bunch of playlists I have created mapping to a particular domain. And let me let me kind of uh, be candid over here. Some are still in progress. So uh, I have only limited time. I'm trying to complete it. What is completed now is the data engineering aspect where uh, the mastering Apache Spark course is completed. And I'm trying to add on some advanced uh, advanced topics to it. Now, the next part is model deployment is, yes, completed, but uh, I'm going to add a few more with cloud services. So those are the two things which are completed. NLP, I am more focused on uh, people who know the basics. I have not covered the basics. So if you know the basics and if you want to apply NLP with some real world data set, so I have NLP starting from your uh, typical statistical uh, your typical statistical models, TF-IDF, LDA, to your uh, AI models like uh, AI deep learning models, uh, which is based on LSTM and everything. So that is my NLP playlist. And you can check there are a lot of um, information on how to build, what are the best practices. Uh, computer vision, I have few videos, but they are very uh, basic, uh, I would say. Yeah, so if you're a starter, you can use it. Uh, but that, that, that particular playlist is still a long way to go. Uh, so that part, uh, even deep learning, I would again put it into NLP and CV. I don't have a separate deep learning playlist. What I'm going to do in the coming year is basically focus on one of the feedback that I got from my users is there is no uh, machine learning basic content, right? My contents are basically who have gone past the basics. And one more thing is if you're starting on data science, don't stick on basics for too long. You can, you can fit every algorithm and try every algorithm get out of it and go to the advanced topics right because you have to differentiate yourself your profile you need to differentiate among all the profiles out there the outside demand is very less than the supply the supply is pretty huge today everybody wants to get into data science and stick learn basics to the extent that is required and start working on multiple other aspects of it right move outside of the algorithm maybe learn some part of data engineering 
it, it will add to your profile. It's good to know because when you're building scalable and very reliable machine learning system on large data set, you need to know some kind of engineering. You may not be, you need not be expert in it, but the knowledge is always yeah. good. So that's where like I'm going to start working on ML basics uh, 101 this year. And that's where you can see more of ML videos, basic videos coming in. But if you are outside of the basic zone, uh, then you will find a lot of information on my YouTube channel. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, talking about the YouTube channel a lot, I thought of, you know, just uh, giving the audience a, you know, just a view of your uh, YouTube channel. And this is how it looks. And you were just talking about the mastering Apache Spark, which is now completed, I guess. And uh, yeah, it's it looks quite uh, populated and uh, very much uh, kind of systematic to me as of now. But uh, anyone who wishes to actually go and you know reach out can actually subscribe this is my another account so i subscribe it now so uh, just just do it and uh, you know you learn a lot out of uh, shivatsin's uh, youtube channel thanks shivatsin for answering that question uh, kind of very interesting and we know now that uh, there's something that is coming up in machine learning uh, domain which is about the basics in uh, definitely i would be having a look at it and i'll try to figure out what i can understand out of it definitely because the best part about when you uh, talk in your videos is what i felt was having that uh, uh, you know real life examples which you are also using right now it kind of actually connects us well and makes us feel uh, you know very understandable the things that you're talking right now and the things that people should actually consider when they are in the data science field like don't just stick on uh, to the basics maybe just jump on to something which is more you know uh, play around data science and make it not just for basics for you so yeah makes a lot of sense uh, to me so we have a question from daksh kinvasra from on youtube um uh, how do you explain data science to a person and what according to you is success in this field i think he means to say that maybe how to a layman how would you explain data science so that's right that's i am frankly i'm very bad in explaining data science to a layman person and once like uh, this is a true story right once my uh, manager came and said uh, sivasan you talk too much uh, on a high level uh, how would you explain uh, a kind of machine learning if your manager does not know anything about it and the answer i gave is if my manager does not know anything about it i am with the wrong manager so i need to move on right so that's 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 kind of it but uh, let me kind of uh, try to uh, say like i what i would do is i'll customize my message to an uh, end user so let's take like maybe uh, maybe ravit as an example right and ravit is yeah. asking me this question like um, exactly. what is machine learning and i don't know what ravit does he works for pact so the first question i will ask him is like uh, ravit uh, uh, pact as a website right can you go to your website and does it have a search in it like can you can you go to your website and have a search in it uh, does it have a search really uh, packed does it have a search button yeah it does have one do you want me to just uh, open it for you shivatsan yeah. yeah okay sure i will just do it right away so so as simple as it right like uh, uh, basically what we do with science is nothing but you are organizing your knowledge and collecting evidence and forming hypothesis and when you add yeah. a data element to it and everything has data today if you take any sciences that you deal with everything has a data element you are collecting data you are collecting evidences you are 
having some hypothesis in mind and you are you are kind of validating that hypothesis and that's what data is you are validating your data hypothesis here yeah, you are in fact right so yeah i yeah. say like now go to uh, the search button and search something different right what is that search for sigmoid activation function sigmoid sigmoid activation function gm sig sigmoid sigmoid activation function i'm not sure maybe pact is very good but i will just tell like how to apply in your case right now if you if you go and search i am not sure what comes in let me yeah yeah just type enter okay so what am i getting the pact workshop asp.net and and see like pact has i think lot of uh, content on uh, machine learning neural networks and deep learning right ravit yeah but i don't see anything in the top list the the reason is now you if some customer is coming to pact and searching for this particular results then yeah. definitely like uh, they are not finding the right content over here right so okay. that, that's where like why data science is even more important to any business to retain your customers to customize your output to your customers right and maybe if you can implement a simple technique like indexing your books because you are uh, having the entire content to the book here e books and everything and just like add some pre built uh, bert model uh, to just give the insight and rank it for you then think about it okay. the customer is all in one place he does not have to go go to google and uh, search that particular information and then come to pact so that's how you kind of retain your customer within you give him the snippet of where that appears and then maybe if like we like the content he has a direct buy button to it so that's why i will go and tell about the application and customize it for him right uh, if you see today uh, we all know which is the best search engine google but which is the google. best search engine when you want to buy a product it's not google slowly it's moving to amazon if i want to buy something i go to amazon and search and they control like what product i want to buy and that's why the advertisement revenue also comes into play now that yeah. business model is competing with google in products right so so how you change your business how you make your business relevant in today's world and how do you remove the external factor that's uh, you have to somebody has to market it for you you have to be the best marketer for yourself you can you can publish your advertisement anywhere but you have to also be self sufficient that's how i would go about. okay but uh, shivachan uh, just one question here does it has to do with the seo as well in terms of obviously the data science is the big game player there but uh, does it also has to do something with the seo or maybe the back end uh, stuff that needs to be actually tweaked well if i'm talk talking about say sigmoid obviously if does if it uh, the page doesn't give me something around Sig sigmoid or, but it is there in some book so it should have just popped up so is it the seo that needs to be refined well as well in these yeah uh, it is it is seo also right because now seo can only give you as much data as required it gives you from the book title it gives you from some of the description of the book it does not index the entire book for you but you have the entire book now you can go search in the search in optimization at the first level but that is from the external world right your your website external facing is seo but here i am searching directly within the pack website 
and that data you have control right and okay. that's why it even more makes sense to go more than seo basically when you're searching uh, just run a search across your indexes and this this models once once it is trained the indexing is very fast there are you don't have to really develop a model also even elastic search or any other search engine can also help here so it, it's very fast so you need to summarize your entire content i like the content you can also index the you can also like basically uh, just uh, take the index and put it into your elastic search and then show it whatever matches right so the systems can be built but we have to think from that aspect how i can make sure i detain the customer on my website because the first book they add to cart they can add more books Okay, yeah, I think I did. I think that makes sense. I have something to take back to Pact as well. Thank you, Shivatsan, and that makes a lot of sense to me because uh, that's how that's how you're retaining your customer once they are on there and they are forever with you. And yeah, that's I that's how I think maybe you know what Google is doing and what Amazon is now doing. They they follow the similar approach, and I think that is very much beneficial for any business to have that uh, very close. Uh, customer service uh, that we are giving out uh, in terms of you know very simple things that we are not even aware of but are the most important things to retain your customer in the business so yeah thanks uh Shivatsen. one 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 uh important question that i see here from java javad okay hi i'm a back-end developer and like to learn and work in data science i see data engineering is so suitable to a developer to dive deep what is your idea Shivatsen? i'm from vancouver so so definitely i have seen like a lot of uh, a lot of software engineers transition as data engineers and they have been very successful in the field and i have a pretty a big team of uh, data engineers that i used to manage earlier and there were a lot of transition from software engineering i myself transitioned from software engineering to data side so since you since, since today see the earlier world of data engineering was tool driven your tools like uh, informatica abinicio where you drag and drop and create but today it's programming driven and if you have good knowledge on python uh, learn distributed system how distributed system work uh, it that's that's the major learning part that you have because in order to be a data engineer or a cloud data engineer you need to understand how a distributed system work how data warehouses work how to model data warehouses um, and then learn the uh, coding and programming side of it it's it i would say it's an easy easy transition uh, to get into data engineering with some effort and continuous learning amazing so that i think the back end developers actually make a great uh, you know shift into the data engineering field and they are very successful so i hope that answers for jawad just out of curiosity i had this question uh, uh, you know I know you have the, this successful YouTube channel and uh, it is still ongoing and people are getting there, they're educating themselves uh, at a place where, uh, you know, they, they just have a question and you have an answer there. They can find it in your channel. So uh, I, I wanted to know what was your motivation? What was that big motivation behind starting in uh, such a YouTube channel for everyone uh, in the community? So, well, uh so I started with LinkedIn post. I was running a LinkedIn post called end-to-end -end ML, uh, that is end-to-end -end machine learning or ML engineering or whatever you call it, right? And then 
the main idea was to talk about the entire process of uh, the machine learning cycle and you can still find those content with hashtag end-to-end -end ml in linkedin right uh, so that's how it started but what i realized it the linkedin has a 1300 characters limit and i can only communicate in a very short form give a gist of it i was not going to go able to go into detail so I thought, why not convert this into a more longer duration session? Because I was seeing a lot of questions coming in and that one. So that's why I, that, that was a, my first video was about, uh, I think, uh, data collection or uh, the end-to-end -end ML video that I created, right? So oh. that's my first video. And that's how it started as a journey in YouTube. I thought I will create three or four videos and I will stop it. Uh, but I got addicted to it over time. And it became a daily <laughs> habit. It's the, initially, it was pretty hectic uh, for me. The reason is it takes time uh, to uh, prepare the deck, right? And uh, I don't I don't prepare the script. So that's why if you see uh, my voice and pronunciation and sometimes I stumble in between. Uh, but, but preparing the deck, arranging the content, recording the video, and after that, uh, processing the video takes time. Initially, it was, okay. yeah, initially it was taking a lot of time. But after that, like, I think I got to it and I don't do much editing also. So I just trim the front and back and then just upload it. So that's what I do. So that it becomes a habit. Like, so that's how I started on AI engineering. Oh, that's, uh, that's amazing because that's how I think uh, those natural videos make a lot more sense rather than having those editing stuff. It doesn't matter until we are learning out of it. And that's been the best thing that, uh, you know, about the videos that they are very natural. You don't have a lot of tweaking to it where you'll be editing a lot of stuff. And I think uh, it serves the purpose of educating and it is uh, very well uh, serving us. So, yeah makes sense okay there's uh another thing about youtube as well from mohammed shukur can we expect something related to time series this year on the channel so uh in fact i forgot thanks uh mohammed shukur for reminding me i have created an entire time series course and i have only like two videos that are pending and i will be completing in the next before this year so idea is my time series has actually already, I think, like, I'm not sure, maybe 15 plus videos and uh, multiple hours oh. of content. It's a end-to-end -end time series course. It's completely free. Anybody can learn time series from scratch. Uh, I have a few content that are coming in that will be live. It has both the statistical techniques and advanced techniques. Uh, even Facebook Profit or any deep AR model that is out there. I have covered almost everything. And uh, you can go and check in my channel. Yeah, uh, it's like time series is the playlist. It will be there in the initial playlist list. And uh, the additional videos I'll be completing in a few weeks. So by this year, the course should be complete. But whatever I have, it's more than sufficient and everything is, is covered. Amazing. That sounds super. I think, Mohammed, you can just jump into AI engineering and you might find everything in there. The time series uh, playlist is out there. So uh, also talking about tools, I had uh, one question from Divya Dilip and um, she says, uh, Hi, Shivatsin, according to your viewpoint, what are the best tools for creating data engineering and ML training pipelines? Okay. So now if you see data engineering, right, we have to think from multiple aspects. We have to think from on-premise. A lot of customers are still on-premise, some are in cloud. And when you talk about cloud, there are multiple clouds, right? And uh, every cloud has their own data engineering tools and solution. Uh, but the market share today mostly is owned by Apache Spark. And the reason for Apache Spark is while uh, that's not the only tool, 
uh, because if you go to cloud, you have also cloud data warehouses like Snowflake, uh, BigQuery, or even Redshift or Azure Synapse, right? I'm not Azure guy, so I may not have gone into details of it. So uh, Apache Spark, one good thing is you can develop on-premise, you can deploy on any cloud because every cloud has that service providing that. And you also have Databricks that provides the service. Right, so that's where like many companies who are on legacy big data infrastructure still are running Spark, and it's easy for them to migrate to cloud. So I would say start with Spark when you are uh, using data engineering, and as you go into cloud on need basis, start learning the cloud native services wherever required. Right, be it BigQuery or even like uh, AWS Glue, uh, Hot Synapse, everything runs Spark underneath, but it hides you from all the uh, all the difficulty of coding it. For ML training pipelines, again, it can be on-premise where you build your custom pipeline. It can be a Kubernetes-based pipeline, or it can be any pipeline that you can use, uh, or any modeling technique you can use. When you go to cloud, you're going to use the same thing in AWS SageMaker, or AWS SageMaker, its own set of MLOps pipeline, or be it Google AI platform that has its own set of pipelines. So the learning, there is no one learning today. Learn the core frameworks, be it Spark or Scikit-Learn or whatever it is, right? And then as you go to cloud, see how you can engineer that on the cloud-specific ecosystem. Sounds good. I think that answers for Divya, surely, because you have I shared so many examples and it's not something very specific that you be looking at, so it sounds good. Uh, we have an interesting question from Mantreet Budraja. Shivachan, do you think uh, that hype of algorithms like BERT and ELMO, uh, people do not focus on the basics? So, Manpreet, you're putting me in a spot because if I say anything <laughs> wrong, I will have a huge uh, researchers community jumping on me. Uh, so, that's fine. Let me answer it, right? Now, I would not say these algorithms are hype, but it is created for a purpose. When at a stage you are outgrown, your, your data has outgrown uh, uh, to a level that the traditional algorithm does not work. Now, when I say like start with basic, it is not like start with logistic regression. Maybe convolution neural network is a basic for image uh, classification, right? Or for your problem, addition tree may be basic. For a NLP problem, maybe a TF-IDF did not work and you need more uh, uh, more specific embedding for your data and you may have to use like LSTM or some other algorithms, right? So, the, so the, that's the process I look at when I say basic. Start with the basic and end. It's not like start always with logistic regression or linear regression and end. Start with the basic that matches your data and then iterate to more complex models. Now, coming to this specific, yes, there is a lot of hype uh, with uh, all these uh, models, but they solve a particular problem. Today, I cannot run a translation problem with a, uh, a, a machine translation problem or a speech-to-text problem or any other problem with a simple technique. I need a lot of data. I need a lot of instances. There are a lot of languages that I need to use, that I need to convert, where these models work very well, right? And it is very data-hungry. But typically, enterprise does not have that much data, right? And that's why if you see these models like BERT, ELMO, and uh, advanced models will get commercialized as an API. And that's what is happening today. If you see Google Cloud as APIs, Azure as APIs, these are based on that model because they have access to the data that we can create. Now, and typical industry is not in a data business. It's in a 
is in a business to solve its own problem if it start building this complex model and it becomes a data business and that that it does not want to get into it does not want to go into core business and that's where you can see a technology company pushing a lot of innovation and making it accessible to you at the same time for that specific problem the simple techniques still work well i think that that is quite some answer before uh, and i know this is kind of this can actually <laughs> kind of get uh, you have your own opinion and my researchers might just come back to you and they might have a different opinion so yeah it does matter but i think that answers for manpreet and we have uh, another important question i wanted to take this because i certainly have a book around this and i would like uh, uh, you to tell us about um, uh, what i is, is asking is uh, from your experience working with financial customers do you see aml being able to reap benefits in stock uh, trading algo trading okay so now here it is right like uh, yes they are but how mature they are and how mature they will get to right currently if you see algorithm trading has been there for quite long Algo algorithmic trading is not new, right? It's been there from 2000 and everything. There are a lot of con setting, feeding idea, but only thing with the AI ML technique is now you cannot relay a stock price based on its past. Now, typically, if you see people with a stock prediction using LSTM, a stock prediction a prediction has a lot of dynamics to it. It is it is not like a constant behavior that you observe that you can model, right? It is just a random process. right so what you need is how does the stock move what factors influence it that the economy influence it does yeah. uh, any corporate action influence it or is there any other factor any news or product launch after launch as a product and that product is a absolute disaster what will happen the stock price is going to go down you may be are analyzing the twitter sentiments of the user there are lot of factors that comes into play and to integrate all this data together to derive insight is pretty challenging and it takes a process that you need to build to get there so that's why i said today yes some part of aiml has started into the space while algorithmic trading has been there for quite some time and you will see more and more ideas coming in but it's a long process to get there yeah exactly and i totally agree with you what you're talking about uh, shivachin about the external factors that can be affecting the stock in then you considering that okay ai and ml can play a, a role in there but uh, there can be many external factors in talking about uh, algorithmic trading i know i, I recently worked with uh, one of the authors uh, of uh, machine learning algorithmic trading by stephen jensen um i can actually show this to the audience okay we have uh, all the books at 5 dollars for next one month so uh, since i used to is talking about algorithmic trading there's this book uh, machine learning for algorithmic trading and this could be very helpful if you are looking for something around uh, algorithmic trading and uh, certainly it should help because uh, as uh, shivatsin also you know is telling us about it's been since a while i think you can go and you know check out the book definitely uh, it should help you but yeah uh, going ahead uh, we have a linkedin user and uh, looks like an interesting question if you are selecting one candidate in your team as a data scientist what exact skills do you look for i would look at what he has done uh, in his previous work and how is he is able to explain it it can be a portfolio also right when i am looking at a fresh hand 
uh, I don't expect a bunch of skills to be thrown. The skills can be learned in a two or three days. Any any tool can be learned. I'm sorry, any tool can be learned uh, overnight or as we practice it, right? We cannot expect in this world where we are filled with tools and every tool is getting an update every other week. Uh, it's become a fashion statement today, right? Yesterday it was 2.3 version. Today TensorFlow is 2.4 version. And all the 2.3, uh, some of the functions get broke and you have to recode it for 2.4. So the tools will keep evolving, tools will keep coming in the market, but how are they able to answer their existing portfolio or project in a way, how are they able to come with alternate scenarios? Like if asked question, uh, how else you could have done that, right? Why did you choose this technique? Why not this way? If, if they are able to sufficiently answer that, that's the first part uh to even like proceed and go into a detailed interview and then check about like different scenarios it's it's all i would say like scenario based question uh that i would focus on rather than uh just grilling on uh give tell me about the transformers architecture or uh something else right just yeah exactly makes a lot of sense there to actually look at various factors when you're hiring someone in your team and that those are the factors that you look at and yeah sounds good i have one interesting question from neeraj satpal neeraj says uh hi shivatsan uh do you see challenge for data scientists in communicating effectively with business executives who may not understand the complexities and the technical jargon of their work do you have some tips for better data storytelling to make the analysis and visualizations easy to comprehend? Yeah. So do you see any challenge for data sensing, communicating effective to business? A big yes. The reason is what has happened. We are not mapping technology and business together today. That is one part. There are a lot of technologies and every company has a technology innovation fund which they are not using properly. They are using it to build some random models based on the latest and greatest. And if you ask a technology guy to go, go and talk in business, you have a problem. I have TensorFlow, I have PyTorch to solve your problem, right? We go in a technology-centric mindset. And we have to start mapping this business and technology together. And that's where the uh, communication aspect come into play. The best thing is to understand as the business speak out, right, on what are the challenges. Without hearing the challenges, we start, let's not throw jargons and technology to it, right? And once we hear the challenges, there are a lot of uh, research articles. If you go to Google Scholar's website, right, you can search for a lot of things. You can you can actually like you know, ask them, like, okay, this is what your challenge, where is your money burning out? Or what are the critical processes that are impacting your business? If, if you go to a financial customer, that can be a customer churn, that can be a fraud or anything. Okay, like you're you're having so much of fraud. Is that your big problem, and you may want to reduce it, right? And get the objective correctly. And once you have the objective, you your still communication has to be in a pretty simple way. Not throw out your model output telling, okay, I'm getting this accuracy of this one, but tell in terms of the dollar amount, right? Tell in terms of return of investment. Everything need not be a dollar of amount. The return of investment can also be how much customer you have made sure that they stick to you or how much customer you have added. These are all indirect benefits. That's a direct benefit, that's an indirect benefit. Sometimes your business needs the right thing. They take, for example, a recommendation engine. Now it's an addiction, right? Once you click on that, you have others recommend, you go check the review and everything, but your recommendation engine has to be customized. 
Now, if you don't have a recommendation engine, people have moved out of your website in the first click. Right? So, so everything comes into play. So if you are able to solve it by that, how much are you directly or indirectly impacting your business? Or you can show metrics like, okay, the customer uh, checked one product earlier or five products earlier. With this new one, you may go into 10 different products and go there. And getting those metrics and communicating to the business is a uh, big challenge. And frankly, none of the courses will teach you that. There are a lot of things maybe coming up, but it comes with how you present in a simple term. That's what I would say. Well, at least I have not seen the course, but if there's any course, maybe Ravit, you can add, or if you have any book, you can add to it. Yeah, definitely. I'll actually catch up with Neeraj and actually, you know, get that uh, conversation going. We were talking about indexing, and I have a friend, George Ferrikin. Uh, he owns this uh, Lights on Data. Uh, guys who want to actually learn about data, this is your channel. Go follow uh, George Ferrikin Lights on Data. So he he George is asking how fast is the indexing? Indexing is it done uh, in real time? Yeah, first of all, hi George, and uh, if you want to learn about data management and everything, George is the go-to person, right? So that's about it. So how fast is indexing? Is it done in real time? So uh, there are there are two things, right? Like uh, I think you are talking in the context of what I was telling uh, Ravit, right? Uh, in that case, like uh, we can do batch indexing in the night because when a book is launched, we don't have to be real time. Uh, but in case yes, real time is also possible. It all how we define our uh, data pipelines, right? Like suppose I have some events coming in. If I am able to capture the events in uh, some kind of streaming platform or a message queues or any other uh, way, I can take it and I can kind of index it, and then I can try to refresh my index. Sometimes the index uh, gets too big. And at that time, you can go for sharding and other techniques, or you can have kind of a low latency, low latency cache in between sitting, which be, does the first lookup for you, and then goes into the uh, main index. Right? There are ways of handling this real-time indexing. Uh, uh, that's what I would say. Yeah, definitely. This this makes a lot of sense, and it gives me good uh, knowledge as well about how indexing works. Thanks, Shivats. Uh, and just uh, I know before we're just uh, running out of time now, but uh, before wrapping up, I had a uh, you know just a few quick questions for you about uh, do you read books and if yes, which are your favorite books? One, two, three. Any which you would recommend our audience to actually be closer and they can actually learn something out of it. I I mostly read from online a lot, but definitely I buy books. Maybe I have not read all the book in detail, but I definitely yeah. invest in book and keep it and refer it when it is required. So maybe a couple of books that I can think of for it's in my table as well. So wow. one is this one, hands-on psychic learn with uh, Tan TensorFlow on. So hands-on machine learning with psychic learn TensorFlow by Arulin. It's an excellent yeah. book. This I bought some time back. It it is a good start for freshers. It uh, gives you a right balance of uh, theory and hands-on. And definitely one of the best book for any starter, right? Uh, now I have not read everything, but I have read some content which are really good. Sometimes, like uh, when I feel bored, I just take this book and read something. And every time, it's like every time you read a book or the same content, you learn something new. That's the way I look at it. So this is one of the wow. books. The second book which I did the first investment when I did into when I went into machine learning is it has nothing to do with coding. So if you are good at Excel and if you have patience. The data smart book. I know it's upside down, but that's how the book is. Yeah, okay. that's how it looks. So yeah. this is an amazing book uh, that you have over here. 
and uh, the thing is what he does it, it explains you all the machine learning algorithm using excel sheet so if you are not good at programming or if you are getting started in the program but good at excel and if you have patience this is a very uh, like if you are starting doing the excel it will take lot of time and you have to go back refer he has also given all the excels which you can download and run it but you can learn typically all the models using excel only and the content is pretty amazing right and the final book i definitely want to say everybody should read is this one naked statistics by charles wow right i keep forgetting the author name i'm sorry for that um the, yeah. the, the good thing about book is it, it's about story it's a story that he talks and explains you the concept of statistics as it right not very book every time when you take a statistic it's about like okay t test and p values and all the stuff but learn the story about it you will learn how to communicate with the statistics how not to communicate with the statistics at the end of the day you can play around with statistics but your uh, your purpose is to make your business or customer successful so communicate it in the right way and maybe you can get lot of tips from it i would say like uh, these are three books which i had in my table and i think that's what i have wow that's amazing those books are certainly useful what i would do is for the audience i would actually take the, those names and i'll put it in the chat section for them to actually look at them later and also talking about books uh, i wanted to let everyone uh, since you are also here uh, Uh, Shivatsin, uh, we have a five dollar campaign which is going on at Pact, and uh, definitely what you you can do is all the books and the videos are at five dollars. So it's uh, running till I guess thirteenth uh, of January. You can go and pick any of these books. It's the time to learn, and it's uh, just the Pact's way of giving back to the community in terms of uh, uh, you know. putting it on sale for just $5 and uh, you can have them all all the ebooks and the videos so yeah sounds good uh, super uh, shivatsin and thank you very much uh, for these amazing advices that you have given uh, but uh, i won't let you leave uh, i'll just take 2 minutes more of yours i i wanted to ask something around the conferences do you actually visit conferences and if yes how may, how often do you visit i know in the covid scenario it's kind of difficult but do you visit conferences in general yeah i kind of uh, i used to visit conferences very selective i don't go all to all the conferences yeah. um i am a google cloud guy so i went for google cloud conferences because i get to learn the right technology as well as that exactly. and most of the most of the open source today is from google so they have something interesting coming up like if you take uh, the map reduce concept which distributed files file system is based on is from google or there are a lot of things that are today outside no sql platforms which is uh, edge based based on big tables is from google so you can learn a lot of about technology uh, so i go to google conferences i go to some of data engineering conferences with the remote no i don't have patience to sit in front of the computer and maybe watch yeah. conferences for that long uh, but i do go to youtube and watch selected videos uh, if something is interesting after the conference okay yeah uh, so you you take your time when it's about the screen time obviously with the covid scenario the screen time that we are already facing is too much yeah. so you kind of avoid that at least uh, but yeah definitely great great uh, uh you know advices insights that you have shared thank you very much you had seen for uh being on the rabbit show it was a 
complete pleasure to have you here and uh, thank you everyone in the audience who have asked such amazing questions uh, obviously we are uh, short of time but she uh, watson nevertheless i would actually also reach out to you soon the next year we'll uh, get you back and get you going on the same track and maybe more uh, innovations and more of your ai engineering uh you know videos would be out there so superb and uh, just uh, for the audience uh, which is the best place for you to find uh, you know to find you and if they want to reach out to you what what is the best place which is the best place sure like uh, i would say like if that's a technical question and i have a video and if they have something it's better to reach out on the video itself with the question because others have access to it the thing is i get a lot of messages these days on my linkedin and it's becoming very difficult for me to answer uh, some are just telling i some maybe detailed uh, and uh, frankly i'm not able to catch up with a lot of messages there's a lot of uh, pile up that has happened but uh, youtube comment below the video which you are talking about and the second thing is uh, linkedin uh, is also a good way to um, Uh, kind of reach out to me, but not on. Uh, you can do messages if you really have a problem. I will try to see. There may be a delay, and sometimes I may not be able to catch up with all the messages. But I will try to get an answer as much as possible. Uh, that is the other place, and that's about it. And uh, frankly, like thank you also, David, for having me, and thank you to this wonderful set of questions which the audience have been asking. I know I'm not able to cover everything. We are out of time. Definitely, like uh, I will. Um, uh some of the things are already covered in my channel and in my post you can watch it i will try to see like if i can cover something which uh, is interesting over here yes so everyone loved it everyone did actually find it very much insightful and thank you vishivatsen see you uh, next time and very soon thank you everyone yeah. thank you thank you very much